evening, everyone. It's time once again for another issue with wrestling. I'm Christopher Miles. Jared, this week, we're talking about gimmicks. Our favorites, our least favorites, and their place in modern wrestling. So, Jared, I'll ask this first question of you. When you hear the word gimmick in the wrestling business, what do you think of? What does it stir up in you? Uh, when I think of gimmick, what immediately comes to mind is a is something that stands out compared to something that's different per se and it's like it has to have that magic has to have that sprinkles on top of the ice cream if you like chocolate then we can't get along because we're gonna do vanilla with natural sprinkles and Oh, look, John Boy's back again. First comment. So as John Boy just did, if you want to talk along with the show, if you want to have your points heard on gimmicks or really whatever, drop those comments on Christopher Miles' Facebook, on the IWW Facebook, on the I-70 Sports Media Facebook, on Twitter, wherever you need to do it. Just get it done. Talk to us, folks. So really the next question I have about gimmicks is outside of the the, the big gimmicks and all that, people always say, I've heard so many people say it, that the best gimmicks are the real person just with the volume turned up. Now, do you believe that, or are you a bigger fan of the more outlandish, character-driven gimmicks, your undertakers and so forth? You know, I, I go towards the more deeper of the person, per se, because it feels more real, and okay. it gives you that more inside look of them compared to oh i'm gonna toss this on for 15 minutes an hour then boom it's so you you'd be more of the opinion that that the best gimmicks are with the real person with the volume turned up your rick flair's your john cena's your steve austin's your rocks yes 100 percent. okay so before we get to our next segment or question here's what i have for you i want to hear what is one of your favorite gimmicks. I'll do one of mine, then we'll do one of our least favorites, and then we'll jump into our next topic. So, Jared, go ahead. What is one of your favorite gimmicks of all time? It's hard to just pick one, but if I... Well, we've got time. We're going to do lots. So. <laughs> if I can pick just one right now, it would definitely be The Undertaker, the American badass. Uh, uh. No. Okay. I will go the opposite direction, and I will say Dead Man Taker, because there was no gimmick, no gimmick, moreover than Dead Man Undertaker. But I will say this, the American badass, that truly, you truly felt what Mark Calloway was deep inside, free, the U.S. flag, the motorcycle, just raining hell inside anywhere and everywhere he walked to. So you see, he was more interesting. He had more room to grow as the American badass, is what you're saying. Well, yes, 100%. Okay, but there's just something about that dead man taker that really got to me. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer you one of my now least favorite gimmicks, and you probably might not even know this, but there was a time in the early 90s when uh, uh, the great Mr. USA, former tag team champion Tony Atlas... Uh, came back to the WWF as the dancing African Saba Simba with the big African war mask and the spear and all that stuff. And it was just, it's, it's Tony Atlas. 
why is he all of a sudden an African war dancer? I, it was, uh, needless to say, a little offensive. But again, yeah. it was nineteen. It was it was nineteen ninety. People didn't care as much back then. But is, I even as a kid, I was seven when that was happening, and I was like, "What the hell are we doing?" <laughs> you know. All I, right, so go ahead. What's one of your least favorites? One of my least favorites would definitely be Broken Matt Hardy. Oh, go it to hell! Was just so no, boring no, no, and no, just no, 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 no. It was no, like there's no. nothing different. I dis just... stop talking. I disown you because delete that proved that Matt Hardy was the superior Hardy that he could create that character. The best thing of twenty what was that twenty sixteen wrestling was broken Matt Hardy. Those those the final deletion apocalypto all those were fantastic. Matt Hardy broken Matt no. was fantastic. He even made Jeff brother Nero when it was great it was just so repetitive and just so strange and it was just out of the moon from what we were used to you're so wrong there was nothing different with change it was just broken Matt Hardy was just look, look John boy delete 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 thank you John boy so, Delete John Boy. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. And then we got lockdown photography. Would Macho Man be considered an enhanced self gimmick or just him being him? Uh, if you ask people, that was Randy Savage. That was Randy Poffo. You know, uh, just he he was that intense. He might not have spoken that same way because there's very few times we've seen footage of of Macho Man not talking like this. Yeah, but I think you now Macho King. Yeah, maybe a little different. But Macho Man, I think, was jo- just Randy Pava with the volume turned up a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was, he, it was just him. <laughs> so, John Boy, again, the Boogeyman was a, was a great gimmick in my oh, eyes. God, no. that It was the worst, <laughs> one of the worst gimmicks. It okay, was but, just but, strange. But, 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 it was strange, but, but people dug it. Like, his feud with Booker T. His, you know, when he, when he feuded with... What was it Finley and Hornswoggle? People dug it, and it, it it made those matches matter, and it made this dude this dude who was already forty something. It it got him in the industry, and he made it work. And okay, Colt Cabana, one of one of my favorite indie wrestlers of all time, has said the dream is to get a gimmick like a big boss man or a boogeyman. And to have that gimmick, so once you get cut by WWE, you can still work the gimmick forever on the indies. Honky Tonk Man worked the indies for decades after he left WWE and WCW as the Honky Tonk Man. Jake the Snake Roberts did the same thing. And Lockdown, once again, I love the Boogeyman. I'm coming to get you. So, yeah, the Boogeyman was, you're, you're wrong. Boogeyman was great. No, he was terrible. All right. So, all right, you've said it before that you liked the gimmicks that were the real person with the volume turned up a little bit. Yes. So in modern wrestling, do you think we need more gimmicks or do we need fewer of them and, and just do that? Do you have everyone be themselves with the volume turned up? I believe we need fewer of them and everybody be themselves with like a volume turned up. It makes it feel more real and less like written and less like 
oh, I'm going too deep into this, and I will get stuck into what I am okay, handed. Okay, but do, do you not want to see Danhausen or Mikazi or Kamen or any of these gimmicks that we have in the in the area right now? The, the, the Butcher, I, Damian Blake. I believe it can work very few times, but what attracts just me as a person is those natural people just tuned up a bit. So, Jumbo, once again, it wasn't. It was different, unique, strange, struck out a lot of gimmicks around that time. No one ate worms, just him doing what was crazy. And Lockdown saying, well, again, if everyone was themselves, something would be boring without variety. It's entertainment. It would be, to me, it would be fake MMA, which it almost sort of is, but when you when you when you have those gimmicks, when you okay, I'm, I'm gonna out myself here, and I'm gonna do one of my next favorite ones recently, even though this got re- released. I actually really loved Maximum Male Models. I thought that those guys took what was was supposed to be a shit gimmick and turned it into something really cool. I liked it. I know a lot of people hated it. I thought it worked. People wanted the whole point of the gimmick. People wanted to see they get their asses kicked, and they did it all the time. So it worked. It did what it was supposed to do. Your takes with tag team is worse than people biting onto a Kit Kat without breaking it, Christopher Miles. Worser is not a word, Jared. It's a <laughs> it's a word today. <laughs> like like, don't get me wrong. I believe Maximum Male Models had potential. Yeah, it just wasn't used, or let's say. It just wasn't the right people for that. For oh, I think that, that it was yeah. perfect. Mansoor and Massey were, were fantastic. So, okay, who, who who would you say was someone who – another gimmick that you enjoyed, either modern or in the past? I believe I would definitely say I really enjoyed Elias, one of my favorite gimmicks with the guitar, because it could work as a face or as a heel, mm-hmm. and it – gave you that feel because it was actually him himself because he made an album outside of WWE. A number one album. There we go. Number one. Who else can actually do that, pull in that gimmick while also working that outside of a outside of wrestling? But Not did you people. did you like his brother uh Ezekiel? No, I hated his brother. He was oh. a liar. He was a oh. fake. Wow. So is that going to be the one that you hate, that your hated gimmick for this round is Ezekiel, or are you going something else? Uh, I'd go with Mr. America, Hogan in a mask. <laughs> See, but that was, that was to me, that was fun. That was funny. It was dumb, so I'm not going to hate on it. But the one one that I do hate, or hated, was the uh, evil Frenchman, La Resistance. Because, <laughs> because the French government would not support America in the second Iraq war. All of a sudden, we have these Frenchmen out there, even though they're French Canadian, <laughs> out there, out there being evil, deceptive Frenchmen. And I thought that you know Sylvain Grandier and Rene Dupree deserved better, <laughs> but it, it it is what it is. It, it was, if nothing, it's the socio political world of wrestling, and we always get it, no matter how much we want it or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's it's kind of like think during that time Vinnie Mac just had an yeah. obsession with 
giving people gimmicks that was edgy and yeah. quite toxic to the current state and age of the world. So here's here's another, here's one that you're gonna agree with from John from John. The guns are better than the models. For the first one thing, it's with two ends, John. <laughs> Not one. Get it right. They're the best tag team in the world. They're better okay. than the Young Bucks, Usos, Maximum Male Models. They are the standard. They are the leaders of the tag team division wow. in the entire okay. world. And that's just a fact. Yeah. Lockdown says New Day. So that's another one. Kofi Kingston. He was the Jamaican, even though he's, you know, of Ghana, uh, a descent from Ghana, and he was born in Boston. So it's like, I, I love when they called him out. Yeah. Uh, but it's remind... like, what happened to your accent? Uh... <laughs> and it's like, don't get me wrong, New Day, it, they were decent for a little bit until it, they just kept getting handed title after title after title after title. Okay, but the Usos are the same thing. Nobody complains about them or oh, the New I Age Outlaws or the Dudleys. Or... So, John Boy, hate to break it to you, but no, they are not referring to the guns, the best tag team in the world. Oh, you so. want to know who I think is the worst? Who's that? Sabotage Squad. <gasps> oh, my goodness. How dare you, sir? All right, so my next gimmicky question for you before we get into our, our next one is, should a wrestler who has a gimmick always be in it? If they're on social media, if they're doing a podcast, should Danhausen, should Luchasaurus, should these guys be in their gimmick or can they be themselves outside of the ring? Like if, if we had, you know, Donovan Danhausen on this show, would, would we would we accept him as Donovan Danhausen or would we want, you know, ah, yes, Danhausen? You know, I would think that they can be themselves, honestly. It's like, it's easy to stay in gimmick when you're so used to it, but I believe that it gives people a relief when they don't have to be in that gimmick 24-7. They can actually speak behalf of themselves instead of, like, saying Michael versus The Miz. Michael can speak more than just about... The Miz, he can speak. But at the more. same time, Michael is the Miz. Luchasaurus is not a dinosaur. Are you sure <laughs> about that? <laughs> yes, because he was on Big Brother. We know what and, he looks like. We've we, we've seen the dude. So and he was on NXT. Don't forget about that. Yeah. So social media should Luchasaurus, Danhausen, those guys who are these big outlandish gimmicks, should they be in gimmick or can, can they be themselves? I believe this is what I think. They should have two accounts. Okay. One for gimmick and then one for personal. Okay. So, but what do you think about that? You know, I think your opinion would be very needed as well. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're, we're losing John boy, but he does make a good point. Got to go guys. Phone is dying, but see you Saturday at PWE bittersweet lockdown. Yes. This Saturday, Alton, Illinois, Franklin Lodge, be there. So I'm going to go, I'm going to start with this time, my most hated, because lockdown agrees with me, Muhammad Hassan. So you take an Arab American, even though he's Italian, get there later, post 9-11, and have him rallying against how Arab Americans were treated after 9-11. 
Let's not get started on the fact that this guy was Italian, not Arab American, playing an Arab. Uh, but the, the gimmick, I mean, the fact that it ended up with, with his own little sleeper cell that ended up getting the, the gimmick canceled, essentially. Uh, it just was bad. It, you, you don't take a national tragedy. And then the people that dealt with the fallout from that tragedy, Arab Americans and victims in general. And yeah, I just using 9-11 or anything like that as part of a gimmick was was bad but it's vince so i expect it yeah it was terrible it was a terrible idea from the get-go yeah <laughs> but you know i think a worse gimmick i would have to say is gobbly gooker it was oh. overran it was weird and it was just unessential for a lot of the things that they included that character gimmick in it just kind of just saying to me it felt like oh we don't, we need something to fill this spot in toss on this costume and go out there but you know what the problem is is the dude appeared twice really in, in on camera and in one match you know he was in the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17 and he debuted at summer or, i'm sorry forever series 1990 it's it's a legendarily bad gimmick. I mean, the, there's a Gooker Award for the worst storyline of the year, you know. But the Gooker was bad. It was stupid. But I don't think it, it deserves the hate it gets because it was an attempt to create a mascot for the Survivor Series for WWE or F at the time. And yeah, it was dumb. Like, could you imagine if if Taker coming out of that egg? I mean, <laughs> and then you can't also forget Maurice dressed up as Gopoli Gooker when. For a time, and well, I mean, you had an amazing worker in Hector Guerrero in that costume, so it's like, oof. True, but it was just like it was just that short time was just overran to me. Ah, uh, okay, all right, that's fine. Uh, so favorites, go ahead. Favorite gimmicks. Ooh, I think one of them. Uh huh. Matt Riddle. For a few reasons, he was just being himself. And that's what I just really liked. From time to time, you need someone to be themselves. Man he, loves his weed. Yeah, there you go. Weed, uh, he's a broad guy. Like, mm -hmm. And then he naturally wears slides outside of wrestling as well. Which, it's, okay, let's talk about that. I am that guy. Like, I always have my feet covered. I never wear sandals, never wear slippers, never wear flip-flops. I have shoes on all the time. So when I see people walking around like patoots out, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, but it worked for Riddle because sure. of his MMA past, and he does some type of jiu-jitsu as well. Well, he was, yeah, and he did his UFC past, you know. Yeah, and, and we got Tim West coming back saying, "Hey, Mr. Vader, hello, how are you?" Mr. Vader, and you General. know, R Riddle, he was just naturally being himself, and I think that's what WWE needed because yeah. you have everyone else that's just in a character. Riddle, pothead, uh, bro, dude, he was chill, laid back, and that's what he is outside of wrestling. So I think that's okay. one of my favorite gimmick so characters. One of my favorites, and you could pick any variation. I just love Sting. Be it Surfer Sting, Crow Sting, Joker Sting, and right now, I guess the Legend Mentor Sting, you could call him, even though he's uh, you know still kind of Crow Sting. 
it's that dude was awesome. Oh, 100%. Uh, Sting, I, I only liked a few variations of him. Joker Sting and his debut in WWE Sting. Mm, okay. But why that one? Why why that why that very why that WWE debut sting? That was well, just a tamer crow sting. Because it gave people a little taste, and then during that time, it was like, oh, he's targeting one pe- a certain group of people. That was the authority at the time, and it was just like, it was just different compared to his other versions. It was more like kind of turn that volume a little bit down but keep it right in the middle so josh summers chiming in sting has had a range and has still got it true he also says that riddle was great he was definitely great one of one of my top 10 favorites in lockdown, this era lockdown says and seth almost killed him yeah but look what he's doing now he's doing great things in aew so <laughs> and general vader Kevin Von Erich was a barefoot guy. Yeah, and it was it, it I watched those matches and I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> it, and he, he also says that Riddle will turn up somewhere soon. I he could turn up in MMA or wrestling, probably. I he could he could be in some mid to low level Japanese MMA promotion, or he could show up in NJPW or probably impact. I don't uh, think AEW gives him a shot, although I could be wrong. Uh-huh. I believe he's going to eventually, whenever he gets his personal life fixed, I think WWE may give him one more opportunity, depending on the status of the company at the time. All right. Now, we talked about a couple here that, that, that pushed the boundaries a little bit. Has any gimmick that you've seen crossed the line? That I've seen that cross the line? Um... It's kind of, uh, let's see. I would probably, I really don't like when they use a personal job into a gimmick, which I kind of think that <laughs> kind of crosses a line to me because but it's that, like. How is that bad? But we're talking like offensive here. Offensive. Because the occupational era was, we're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit here, but it just, it was, it was different, but. I like would... I, I mentioned Saba Simba. That was one that was, I think, crossed the line. Muhammad Hussan, maybe Billy and Chuck, I think, may have crossed the line with, you know, or the West Hollywood Blondes in TNA, you know, pushing the gay button with guys who aren't gay. So I would want to say maybe that early run of Rusev. I didn't really find that... Or not really Rusev, but Lana. Oh, when he when he like when he became the hardcore Russian sympathizer. Yes. Yeah. During that time, I really yeah. it was like I kind of felt like they didn't know what they really wanted to do gimmick wise with him, and they just wanted to try something exotic with him at that time, and we saw where that went. Oh, oh, here's a good one. Lockdown, blackface DX. That was that was crossing the line. Yeah, <laughs> that was. And uh, General Vader again, Super Spice Stuka was a barefoot guy. Yes, for most of his career, but he also wore boots towards the end, if you recall. And 
Hussan Taker. When, when Hussan and his henchmen were choking the ta- with Taker with like piano wire, it's like this. This is this is too much. Uh, there was also one more. Uh, remember when Undertaker had a faction and that uh, his logo and they were putting people on a when they cross, sacrificed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, essentially crucifying people. Yeah, that was that was a bit that was that was a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's my turn again. Most hated gimmicks before we go into our favorites. We mentioned the Von Erics a little minute ago. It's no fault of of Kevin Vaughn that they asked him to come in as a fake Von Eric. They had lost a couple of Von Eric boys already at that point, but they had Kevin Vaughn come in, who was a, a well-known local celebrity, and made him a cousin. They made him Waldo Von Eric's son. He was Lance Von Eric, the fake Von Eric, eventually found out. And they just tried to push this guy as a real Von Eric to, so they could you know, push the family name back up and have all those matches they used to with the Freebirds and the six mans and all that. And like, it's, I hate saying it. Cause I, you know, from everything I've heard, Kevin Mon was a nice guy, but God, Lance Von Eric was a dumb, stupid gimmick explo- exploiting a family tragedy. So yeah, that's why I hate it so much. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I, look, another one before you get that Josh Summers, Kane, Katie Vick story. Yeah. Offensive. When you're, when yeah. you're doing Nick or feeler storylines. All right, so Jared, what's what's one of your most hated gimmicks of all time? Uh, hated gimmick, or are we back at best? Have you done the hated one for this round yet? Uh, bl- no. Uh, all right, I would go with I. They're a new tag team in NXT. <laughs> I immediately hated them from the get go. Out oh, the mud. <sighs> Out the mud. I. Honestly, truly hate them from the get-go. They competed in that four-way, three-way tag team NXT matchup. I don't even know who this is. Never heard of the Out out of the Mud? They are managed by Scripps. Oh, okay, yes, I've seen these guys. Yeah, okay. And it's like they're trying... The vibe I got from them is Grand Theft Auto Mafia. And it's like... These guys, they don't know how to, no offense, sell in that ring. And there's no purpose to have a Grand Theft Auto Mafia. It's like, you already kind of have a Mafia, which is stacks. And it's like, what's what's the purpose of that right now? There's no purpose of it. And I already hate them. And there's no fixing my uh, my mindset about them. But will you give them a chance, a little room to grow, or you just already know? I already know. Okay. The first impression is what matters to me. And it's like that gimmick is already a no. And where does the name Out the Mud comes from to their gimmick, which is a Grand Theft Auto Mafia? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, favorite? Uh, my favorite would I would definitely go with the Lunatic Fringe Dean Ambrose era. Okay, is the reason why I like that portion of Dean Ambrose's career was because it was different. You have a scrawny guy that looks that could be portrayed as like a street fighter, a scrapper that didn't care. You tossed anything at him. Look at how him versus Brock 
went. <laughs> he didn't okay. care. He went through that and is just interesting and different. A street fighter lunatic that came out of a quote unquote MF, a mental facility sort of mm. gimmick. And okay. I enjoyed that. Mm. I I loved Dean Ambrose and I liked John Moxley for a while. J- John Moxley, like we said this in our group chat, for those of you that aren't there, obviously. I don't think anyone's fallen further down the card, in my eyes anyway, than John Moxley has in the past year. It's like this guy was the workhorse of AEW. Now it's like he's just a guy on the card. And it's like, that sucks. A guy that bleeds on the card that you can trust to leak. Yeah, too damn much. So, okay, one of my favorites. And and I think everyone, you know what, he, he, just, he just brought it up. I was going to mention it. Right to censor. Talk about a group that is designed to be hated. And I loved it because, like, I love a good heel. I love a good heel for a reason. These guys were a takeoff of the Parents Television Council, the, the, the clutching their pearls at how evil the WWF at the time was. So it's like when you put Stevie Richards, who was the dancing, pushing the lines of sexuality with the porn star and the sex pot in ivory valvinus and ivory and the pimp in the good father and the corrupt prison guards assistant in Beale buchanan and you have them all being these virtuous sign waving guys it's like okay this is actually really cool and <laughs> josh says the songs in everyone's mind warning yeah a car alarm with this warning blaring over it right center was I, I would love to see if Stevie can work, if Bull can work, if if you know, I know that I know that Godfather hated the gimmick. He hated the Good Father, but I would love to see just one time those guys come out for like a old school Raw and do that gimmick one more time. It'd be great. You know, it's, I am not familiar with them. I will go ahead and say that. <laughs> but if, a bit before your time, if you want to talk about factions, I believe. Evolution was one of my favorites as well. Okay, but we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, this is also before your time. But it was an era of a million gimmicks, as Bruce Pritchard called it, the box of gimmicks, the occupational era in the WWF and to an extent WCW, because you had the tax man in IRS, you had the garbage man in in uh, uh, Duke the Number Jose, you had the plumber in TL Hopper, you had the musician in Van Hammer and Man Mountain Rock. You had all these, uh, the, the circus clown is doink. Everybody had a job outside of wrestling. You know, I guess wrestling doesn't pay that well <laughs> at that time. But the occupational era, God, if you watch any of these older, like, superstars of wrestling or the early days of Raw and seen where, like, every everybody had a gimmick that was a real job. You know, the real job gimmicks, I believe, was probably one of the worst eras <laughs> for gimmicks maybe it's like it's like okay why am i supposed to care that the guy that repos my car is now a wrestler yeah. or it's kind of like isn't the purpose of wrestling is to get away from mm-hmm. what they're doing at home <laughs> but i mean you said yourself you'll have to see those gimmicks of the real person turn up so i'm gonna pull that I on do. you and you know one of the worst gimmicks would be the repo man 
Oh, so we're, we're jumping right back into that. Okay, fine. So we've covered yes. occupation. So Repo Man is, is your least favorite. Why? Because it was just stupid? or It was stupid. It was weird. And it was like... But doesn't I, everyone hate the Repo Man? Nobody likes the Repo do. Man. Yes. And I don't... I can't really say if it was either good heat that he had or was it really bad heat today? I think people love to see him get his ass kicked. So I'm going to call it good heat. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and yeah. he was... He really fitted well, but it was just a bad gimmick for his career. So, yeah, we have two people that have already brought this person up, but Lockdown says Shockmaster, Glittered Stormtrooper, and then Josh <laughs> says Shockmaster. And, you know, I'll go ahead and throw it out there as one of my least favorites because it was dumb. And him falling through the wall was terrible, and it ruined the gimmick. But what was that gimmick going to do anyway? If you got a guy, you know, in a in a fur vest, in a glittery helmet, what is that going to do anyway? I think he was almost better off for the short time that Fred Ottman was Shockmaster being the bumbling idiot than he would have been as the actual weird glittery stormtrooper helmet fur guy. And uh, Josh also says the goon, which was a hockey hockey enforcer, Bill Irwin played the hockey enforcer turned wrestler that allegedly if you listen to chris jericho he believes was almost him because his dad played for the rangers and blues and when he came into the wrestling business he almost was the goon but who knows if that's true so, or not i believe that the shock master had major potential you know there's many ideas that could have been used for him as a great heel. He could have had a little tube of glitter and tossed it in his opponent's eyes or something. He yeah, could, have, but... could have worked as a great person and a great gimmick. But at the same time, because of that flair for the gold, because of that incident, it lives forever. It's never going anywhere. They've made a figure of the Shockmaster falling over. I mean... That's gonna that's gonna be replayed forever in the wrestling world. So that it has survived past the the unfortunateness of its debut. True. Uh, all right. So let me ask you another question here. People that have worked multiple gimmicks, and and I'm I'm going to go with my best example is Mick Foley. You know, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, Mankind, all at the same time simultaneously. But there's so many examples of people working. You know. Big Boss Man was a prison guard, and then when he went came back from WCW, you know he, he first of all he was in NWA. He was Big Bubba Rogers, you know the the secure the the heavy for the cornet. Then he's Big Boss Man in WWE. Then he goes back to WCW, and he's the Guardian Angel, and he's once again Big Bubba. And he comes back to WWF, and he's a different version of the Big Boss Man. He's corporate. He's corporate security. So I mean. And they had fully worked all three gimmicks in the 98 Rumble. That was fantastic. And you look at Bray Wyatt, who worked, you know, rest in peace, the Mr. Rogers gimmick, the Fiend, the the, the Swamp Cult leader. Uh, and there's just, there's so many things, like, there's so many examples of guys working those multiple gimmicks or working a different variation of an old gimmick. So do you like that? Do you dislike that? What do you think? I like it. Mm -hmm. Mainly for the fact because it can be interesting 
and it shows how creative a person can be and how flexible they can be within those three people and kind of keep them separate, such as mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt. He was able to keep Bray Wyatt and The Fiend separate while mm-hmm. still making both equally unique. Okay. So so do you think, like with, with, with Foley's example... You know, Cactus Jack was different from Mankind, from different from Dude Love, different from Mick Foley. Do they have to be that drastically different, or could they be like a little tweak? Like, could we have gotten, for example, Finn Balor? Do you think the demon is a separate gimmick, or is it just a, just a Finn Balor tapping into something or going to a different place in his mind? I believe it's Finn Balor getting possessed. So you believe it is a, a different gimmick? It's not the same as Finn Balor. Correct. Okay, I, I can I can go with that. I can go with that. So, which brings me to uh, one of my favorite modern gimmicks is Demon Finn Balor. Now, I I haven't been the biggest fan of the Judgment Day run just because ugh, fucking Dom, but <laughs> uh, those NXT days with either Finn Balor or Demon Finn, even the first run on the main roster or the return to NXT, you know, Finn Balor has been that guy that I thought had top quality matches and the demon man that moves some toys that sells some shirts that's what a gimmick's supposed to do that's why i like finn balor so give me one of your favorites oh my favorite that had multiple gimmicks in one or can they be separate during eras this is your favorite this is overall this no, is one of your uh, i would definitely go with the messiah seth rollins you uh, so okay <laughs> I, I, I will say this. We'll, we'll talk about this next in a little bit, but I think the Messiah Seth Rollins is almost a different gimmick from the architect and from standard Seth Rollins. And, uh, you know, my girl talks about how that man can work a crowd. He's had such charisma, yeah. and he does. The dude is extremely charismatic. Uh, I think you're, you're seeing how good... He, and again, I, I might have dogged on Moxley a bit earlier, but you're seeing how good each of the members of the shield were in their respective roles. You know, Moxley had a great run in AEW is having a great run, although it's fallen off a little bit, in my opinion, Seth is top of the top of the card on raw and has been for some time now. And Roman is Roman. So, <laughs> and you locked down, stipend in with buddy Murphy versus Dom. Oh, please book it. <laughs> Kane, corporate Kane, Josh didn't like that or did land. And also the, Demon uh, Demon Fiend was a favorite gimmick match. So eh, the the mumps hurt that a little bit, but all right. So what? Uh, what <laughs> you know, just, 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 the, the, the gimmicks, man. They they hurt my soul sometimes. You know, it's gimmicks will always be gimmicks. Kane and corporate Kane. I really like that for a short time when he was in a rivalry with Seth Rollins during that steel cage. That yeah. little time, it worked. Or when he'd be you... like pouring coffee, having, you know, not really acknowledging the fact that he is, in fact, Kane. It's like, okay, dude. We all know you're Kane. You could stop. You know? <laughs> or he'd like break the glass and pull the mask out. He had no idea he did it. You know? Yeah. Is it like those certain type things it can work but it ha- 
But the question is, how long can they work for and who can they work for and who can they work with in a storyline aspect? Okay. I mean, I guess. Uh, so, one that I didn't care for, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it just because he was WWE champion, when they put the belt on Jinder Mahal, I was just like, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to get to the Indian market, which is fine. But Jinder Mahal, WWE champion? Come on, man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, it, I, me personally, I've always hated Jinder Mahal. <laughs> but the internet claims to love him. Which <laughs> I is just have a personal issue. So uh, they don't show their love for him in our in our arena. Yeah, lockdown. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen the deranged Vince gimmick before the Benoit issue came about. Yeah, I mean how that how that storyline would have played out with Vince, you know, trying to hunt down, you know, he faked his own death to see who really cared about him and all that stuff. So yeah, it would have been interesting to see. All right, yeah. so I have one last question before we get to our our final round of uh. uh Oh, okay. Sorry, real quick, Josh. Acne back, Mahal. Yeah, he was not any kind of juice at all, was he, Josh? None whatsoever. Oh, he was—he just had some powder and some uh, sure. little juice on his pizzas. Sure, not, sure, sure. Nothing too far out. So, one of my favorite things to do is seeing new life with a new gimmick. I'll give my favorite, one of my favorite examples. Leo Kruger was in nxt before it was even on the network when it was still on hulu when you had to actively search out nxt you could find leo kruger who was this south african huntsman and it really wasn't getting over some people like it, some people didn't but it just it wasn't connecting and then they made him adam rose the party animal with the bus and the rosebuds and all of that and it was so cool for a while until vince killed it but you know, people dug Adam Rose and like to, to see that new life and to see that guy perk up like that. Like, okay, yeah, this works. And go uh, ahead. I enjoyed Adam Rose, whether people believe it or not. Yeah, it was just so interesting. And if you really look at all his rosebuds, mm-hmm. about half of them eventually got signed to a full time contract. Not yeah. only did he get himself over. He basically gave them opportunities, basically. And, I mean, you've got Surfer Sting morphing into Crow Sting. You know, you've got Taker, like you, your favorite thing, morphing into the American Badass. The, the things that were needed at the time, you know. Yeah, and, you know, one of my favorites that made a comeback was definitely drew mcintyre but did he change his gimmick really he just got bigger uh he was originally the chosen one then the scottish warrior see one one of my favorites that i i think the guy was already a legend when he did this but when booker t became king booker that was fantastic. That SmackDown run in, in what was that? Oh, six or oh, seven, oh, eight, maybe. Oh, six. And he's feeding Batista and he's like, all hail, like Charmel, all hail King Booker. And it was when you had Regal and Finley as his knights 
it was just awesome. And it, it like I already loved Booker T, but to see Booker T in that light and to see him ham it up and actually be having some fun, that was awesome. And you just had Seth Rollins. The, the the Monday Night Messiah is so far removed from the architect of the shield or or you know anything Seth was doing or the beast slayer. Yeah, and you know, I have always loved Drew McIntyre as the chosen one, his first run in WWE, because you could tell that Vince had that uh had that oh. touch in everything he was doing. It, it was like you could definitely tell that he was going to elevate him to the freaking moon. And then it kind of just dropped when they put him with 3MB. And we were, I think a lot of the fans were just shocked, basically, like, what just happened? You're elevating this guy, calling him the chosen one. And then you're basically saying, oh, you're no longer the chosen one. Now you're going to be rock hard juice robinson i guess <laughs> that's that's fickle vince for you but josh with a great point man jbl or bradshaw to jbl that was a life-changing gimmick change you know to go from the bar brawler to the businessman was going from a tag champ and hardcore champ to the wwe champion for 10 months you know hey and you know there's and lockdown a... legend killer randy orton but yeah but jbl that was a huge one because you know i like the apa and I was at that stage of my life. I was in college when JBL was out there. I loved the JBL character. It was horribly offensive at times. Like when it was with Eddie Guerrero, we went to the Mexican border and, you know, caught a herd of Mexicans, you know, it's like, okay, we're doing this. And there was one other gimmick that a lot of people hated, but I really loved. Okay. What was it? All you have to do is bow leave i love that gimmick and i would take that to my grave <laughs> but you know it, let's get the gimmicks you know if taylor rotunda wanted to do that on the indies forever he could he could do that and uh josh coming in don't hate me but the viking raiders one of my favorite gimmick teams i like the viking raiders i like valhalla so i have no problem with that I do not like Valhalla, but I do like the Viking Raiders. <laughs> okay, so you gave you gave one of your favorites. I'm gonna give my final favorite. Ah, boy, um, I've been pulling for this guy since he was in Japan, and it's not really a gimmick, although it can be because he plays a little like a little crazy guy sometimes. Shinsuke Nakamura, I've loved that guy, and just. They should have pulled the trigger when he won the Rumble. He should have beat AJ. I, I hope, as much as I love Seth, I hope he beats Seth at, at Fastlane. Because you know, just the, 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 the big overt entrances to NXT with the violin player, or when Nina Strauss played him down with, to, to WrestleMania, just the dancing and the gyrations and all that, it's, I love Nakamura. So yeah, that's, that's one that I, I hope eventually, finally, gets his due. You know, I definitely agree with you. I believe Nakamura is one of those characters that is like kind of just out in that world, but also feels natural yeah. to many people. And when he first debuted on SmackDown, I was really hoping they would have kept his violin player because yeah. it was 
one of those rare things like, oh, you have this guy weekly playing the violin and that crowd immediately knew Nakamura's theme song, which is kind of rare for crowds to know any people. People will, will, you know, I don't know if it's humming or like whatever you'd call that shit. The, the, the woes. Yeah, the woes <laughs> with, with Nakamura and with Seth, and they do the woe in Cody's song. So, I mean, if you've got it, you've got it. Okay, so yeah. two two questions from our fans before we get out of here. Josh Summers would love to have seen a 3MB versus from WWE versus 3 Count from WCW, <laughs> the boy band versus the uh, rock band. That would have been great. That would have been fantastic, Josh. And lockdown must know our thoughts on crime time. Uh, could be labeled offensive because you know two African American gentlemen that were criminals, the pickpockets essentially. But man, Shad and JTG made it work. That that was a cool tag yeah. team. You know, I really enjoyed that tag team. I wish they would have had a bit of a longer run and or a tag team championship, please. Oh, 100%. And okay. we should give one more last hated gimmick i okay. think we should do that you should okay. go first while i think <laughs> uh, okay uh boy all right i'll go uh the west hollywood blondes we mentioned them earlier overtly homophobic lenny and lodi two guys who one aren't 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 members of the community and two played it up for laughs you know, so that that would be in the, and Billy and Chuck did it too, but to a much lesser extent. They 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 weren't really saying they were gay. They came out and said they weren't gay. Eventually, they never overtly said, "Yeah, we're two gay guys." Lenny and Lodi did that, so yeah, just no. <laughs> I believe uh, the worst one, my last worst gimmick, and I believe a lot of people would agree with me on this. Former NXT superstar. Quincy Elliott. Oh, the quintessential diva. Yes. I hated that gimmick. It it made no sense for him. Because mm-hmm. it just really didn't connect with him whatsoever. It's kind of like he... Well, I mean, he got released, so it's I think it's proven it didn't really connect. So Yeah, and it was kind of like they just tossed something with him because they just kind of stereotyped him from his voice in my opinion that's how it that's what i could think of so lockdown says commentator wade barrett can't stand his voice i like wade barrett as a commentator i like wade barrett on the mic i'm sorry i'll I'll die on that hill so really want i really want to see wade barrett and booker t at the same commentary table oh that would be great (laughs) all right so go ahead give me give me give me your, your final favorite my final favorite gimmick would be the animal Batista. Okay. Because the big beefy boy. There you go. Simple as it is. And plus, he knew how to scrap. He knew how to do a good spear. He was safe in the ring 90% of the time. And he knew how to pull off great rivalries. And that spear really connected with that animal. Because if you really think about it, animals they dart towards you yeah and it's kind of like a spear right to your head and he's doing a spear so it matched pretty well we mentioned my favorite a little earlier the macho man yeah (laughs) 
if you wanted to like sculpt a wrestler and like with the promos and everything and the moveset, it'd be Randy Savage in my opinion. He's the, he's the quintessential total package, sorry Lex, of what a wrestler is supposed to be. So before we get out of here, as always, we got to pimp the merch. Buy this shirt right here, Christopher Miles, St. Louis' favorite zebra. You could buy the Jared Residential Heel shirt. You could buy the Bald Refs or the Bass Ref shirt. Pro Wrestling Save My Life, the Interstate 70 Sports Media shirt, where our passion is our profession. And, of course, the IWW logo shirt you can see in the corner of your screen if you're watching live with us on the stream. You can buy all those right here. Help us out. Help us make this show bigger and better by supporting us by picking up our merch at the link right there so jared where are you going to be the next couple of weeks i know where i'm going to be what's here where you're going to be the next couple of weeks i will be at pro wrestling epic bittersweet lockdown two at the beautiful franklin lodge in alton illinois I... and you know what they can buy our merch there too you'll be at the merch table i'll be at the merch table we'll be there yeah, and then following that, I do not plan to be at any other shows for the rest of October, but you can find me November 4th, beautiful St. Louis for Ours is a Fury, presented by Pro Wrestling Epic. Yes, and this Saturday, I will be with you there at PWE's Bittersweet Lockdown 2 at, again, the beautiful Franklin Lodge in Alton, Illinois. I will be in Collinsville, Illinois at the Gateway Convention Center, Glory Pro, El Dorado, come see Colt Cabana, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and all your favorite Glory Pro stars, Dan the Dad, PME, Camaro Jackson, Mike Outlaw, at the Collinsville Convention Center in Collinsville, Illinois, next Sunday, October 15th. And then I will also be at Pro Wrestling Epic for two straight nights, beat down in Brownstown in Brownstown, Illinois, November 3rd. And then, like you said, one of the biggest shows of the year, if not the biggest show, indie show of the year in St. Louis. November 4th, Ours is a Fury, live music, performances by Mannequin, a full card of your favorite stars from PWE right there, the St. Louis debut, the Missouri debut of Pro Wrestling Epic. Come on out, November 4th, Ours is the Fury. So, Jared, as you can always, you can find me, social media, at one underscore two underscore three miles. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at IWW underscore podcast. Oh, Jared's upset because I don't call it X. It's not X. I'm sorry. It is it's X. It's Twitter. Okay. It is X. I'm from St. Louis. Things can't change their name. It's always going to be Twitter. And I see Demarius Jones commented, anyone going to SmackDown tomorrow? And I will say I will be at SmackDown tomorrow. If you try to hunt me down, I guarantee you, you will not find me because I will probably have a copycat twin somewhere around there. Uh, I might be working the show. I'm not, I'm not for sure yet. I got to find out in the morning, but we'll see if I go or not. But uh, hey, and Josh, come on out, man. You're going to have a great time. Like I said, great wrestling, live music, performances by other acts. It's going to be a fully loaded, great show. Come on out. November 4th, ours is the Fury, Concordia Turner Gymnasium, right there in the heart of St. Louis on Graboy. Promise you a fantastic time. But until, okay, question for you out there watching and listening. Next week, what do you want us to talk about? We have some ideas, but we're not quite sure what we're going to do. So give us your ideas at the links at our Twitter Instagram, like I said, at IWW underscore podcast, or hit me up at one underscore two underscore three miles. Hit Jared up 
on Facebook or Twitter and let us know what you want to see because this is your show as much as it is ours. But until next time, for Jared Shannon, I'm Christopher Miles, and we've got issues with wrestling. <laughs>